In Major League Baseball, it is an enigma. It appears like a comet, a rare event. People turn to see it. They stare. They watch it go by, and they know it might not return for months or years. Many players find it confusing, irritating, downright unsettling. They mock it, ridicule it, but when they have to face it, as ball player John Cruck once said, quote, I'd rather cut off my leg than deal with that all day. End quote. Cruck is referring to the knuckleball, a pitch born in the early 20th century. From time to time, it gains momentum, but then dives back into the shadows. As journalist Bill Shakin said, quote, The knuckleball has vanished from the major leagues an artifact like paper tickets and contact hitters, end quote. A few pitchers have found phenomenal success with the knuckleball, proving its worth as a mighty weapon in the game, and yet it is almost non-existent. Why? You're listening to the Midnight Library of Baseball, where there are no loud noises, no jarring music, only nostalgic, thought-provoking, emotional stories about baseball. I'm Ben Orlando. There have been thousands of pitchers in Major League Baseball but only a handful have ever thrown the knuckleball. In fact, in the history of the game, there are only 34 players considered primary knuckleball pitchers. For a pitch so infrequently used, it must not be effective, right? Well, Joe Necro threw the knuckleball almost exclusively. He pitched for 21 seasons, recorded 221 wins, that's good for 79th all-time, He struck out 1,747 batters. That's good for 131st all-time. Then there's Joe's brother, Phil Necro, who also was a strict knuckleball pitcher. Phil Necro amassed 318 wins, good for the 16th most wins all-time. Now when you think of a pitcher who strikes out a lot of batters, you probably think of speed a fastball thrower like Roger Clemens or Nolan Ryan. But Phil Necro, knuckleball master, recorded 3,342 strikeouts over his career, good for 12th best all-time. There's also Tim Wakefield, who threw the knuckleball for decades with the Boston Red Sox, recording 200 wins and more than 2,000 strikeouts. R.A. Dickey struggled in the majors and minors during the late 1990s and early 2000s. He reinvented himself as a knuckleball pitcher, and in 2012 he won the Cy Young Award, the most prestigious award for pitching each year. Of Dickey's performance in 2012, Mets manager Terry Collins said, quote, I've never seen anything like this. Never. I've seen some dominant pitching but nothing like what he's going through right now." End quote. So yes, 
you can throw the knuckleball, and you can have enormous success. Long-term, bona fide success at the highest level of baseball. So if the knuckleball can lead to so much success and such longevity in a game where the average lifespan of a pitcher is five years, why aren't there more knuckleball pitchers? And here's another question. In 150 years of the game's existence, there has never been a female ball player at the highest level. Could the knuckleball change this reality? Before we answer these questions, let's take a look at the knuckleball's origins. Eddie Seacott is usually considered the father of the knuckleball, but not the inventor. That title probably goes to Thomas, a.k.a. Toad, Ramsey, a stocky man who pitched for the Louisville Colonels in the 1880s. Because of a factory accident, Ramsey sliced the tendons of his index finger, so he had to grip the ball with his fingertips. At the time, his altered pitch was known as a drop ball, not a knuckleball. But some of the aspects were the same, and Ramsey had great success, striking out hitters left and right. Because of the rules of the time, you needed four strikes, not three, to strike out a batter, so Ramsey's feats were even more impressive. In the first years of the 20th century, there are four contributors to the knuckleball style, Knapp Rucker, Lou Morin, Ed Summers, and Eddie Seacott who tried out the pitch in spring training, 1908. He actually pushed his knuckles into the ball, hence the name of the pitch, and hence Seacott's nickname, Knuckles. As a side note, Eddie Seacott is also famous as one of the members of the 1919 Chicago White Sox, who was permanently banned for taking money to throw the World Series. The knuckleball has evolved over the years as most pitchers today grip the ball by digging two or three of their fingernails into the ball. So a more accurate name would be fingernail ball. But the objective is the same, which is the opposite objective for throwing most pitches. With a fastball, a slider, a curve, you want to grip the ball with a few fingers, and you want to snap your wrist when you throw. For a knuckleball, you want to grip the ball with your fingernails, and you want to keep your wrist as straight as possible, as if there were no joint between your hand and your arm. Then, when you throw, the ball comes out flat, with very little spin. Over the years, various experts and institutions have tried to break down the science of the knuckleball. They've built robots to throw knuckleballs. Bill Nye the Science Guy has a video on the knuckleball. And in all of this research, they've found that the ball needs a little spin. You cannot have zero spin. But that little slow spin allows the air and wind forces to affect the stitches on the ball, causing it to push and pull in different directions. And at certain speeds and distances, strange things happen. As journalist James Gleick said, quote, good pitching is almost always a business of shattering expectations following fast pitches with slow, inside with outside. Only the knuckleball, however, sets up expectations, confounds them, renews them, and betrays them in the course of a single pitch. End quote. Despite the knuckleball's properties, and pitchers' success using it, there have never been more than four pitchers throwing the ball in any decade since the knuckleball's inception. 
And over the last decade, there have been only two knuckleball pitchers, and their presence in the major league has been extremely brief. What is stopping more pitchers from adopting the knuckleball? There are many reasons. First, it's an image thing. The knuckleball is often seen as a trick pitch, a spectacle, not really part of hardcore baseball. According to David Gendelman, the knuckleball is, quote, an oddball pitch, a distrusted art, the baseball equivalent of a carnival act, end quote. A similar phenomenon can be found in basketball, and I think it's worth a slight diversion to tell this story, which Malcolm Gladwell covered in his podcast, Revisionist History. In the game of basketball, one of your bread and butter shots is the free throw. When somebody fouls you, you step to the foul line and throw one, two, or possibly three shots. They've done studies, they've run the numbers, and they found that players who throw free throw shots underhand from the foul line have a higher percentage of makes versus players who throw it overhand. In the 1960s, famous basketball player Wilt Chamberlain was known as a prolific scorer, but also known to be terrible at the free throw line, averaging just 40%. In 1962, Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game, a record that still stands today. And of those 100 points, 28 were from the free throw line. That's 28 out of 32 tries for a percentage of 87.5%, more than double Chamberlain's previous average. I think you can guess where this is going. During that game, where Chamberlain scored 100 points, he tossed his free throws underhand. He had enormous success. And yet, Chamberlain soon reverted to throwing his free throws overhand, and his percentage crumbled. Why would he do that? Well, Chamberlain said years later, quote, I felt silly, like a sissy, shooting underhand. End quote. This underhand shot had a name. It was called the granny shot. And this is all to say that image matters, that people, even at the highest levels, still care what others think of them. And this image can be the difference between winning and losing. It can be the difference between being good and being great. Zero players currently shoot the ball underhand in the NBA just as almost zero players in baseball throw the knuckleball. Another factor in the knuckleball's rarity is that it is simply hard to throw. Sometimes even the pitcher doesn't know where it's going. In 2013, knuckleballer Stephen Wright made his pitching debut for the Boston Red Sox. He lasted one inning. He only gave up one hit, but he walked two and threw four passed balls, meaning that he threw a pitch that the catcher could not handle and the ball got away from him. This resulted in three runs. And this brings up another factor, that it's not only the pitcher, but it's the catcher. The catcher has to know how to catch a knuckleball. If you have a catcher who can't do that, there will be more passed balls, and that comes back to the pitcher. People don't blame the catcher, they blame the pitcher for his erratic throws, which can cost him a game and his career. 
Current knuckleball pitcher Mickey Janice says it's all about the feel. You have to tune into a very specific frequency as a knuckleball pitcher. Otherwise, hitters won't know where the ball is going, but neither will the pitcher. And learning to tune into the right frequency could take years. Also, learning to throw the knuckleball interferes with your ability to throw most other pitches. A key part of normal pitching is using your legs, your whole body, trying to throw the ball as hard as you can. When you throw the knuckleball, it's about your upper body, and it's about not throwing hard, not putting everything you can into a pitch, which is the opposite technique. According to former knuckleball pitcher Kevin Pucatis, learning the knuckleball is, quote, a process of literally changing everything you've done since you were five, end quote. And once you convert, says David Gendelman, you can't go back. Another consideration is the indirect maintenance. Kevin Pucatis talked about a problem of his nails splitting, and for a knuckleball pitcher, your fingernails are everything. If you crack, chip, or split a nail, you can't throw. Pucatis would go to nail salons and have fake nails put on, but often they didn't work, they didn't stick, and then he can't pitch. In every way, the knuckleball is surrounded by chance, fate, extreme focus, extreme preparedness, and sensitivity. And even if you are determined to learn this temperamental pitch, there's another problem. Someone asked the great knuckleballer Phil Necro why there aren't more knuckleball pitchers. His reply? Who's going to teach it? And this is a problem. There are so few pitchers who throw knuckleballs, there are going to be just as few who can teach it. Now imagine you're a knuckleball pitcher on the Yankees or Cardinals or Phillies, and you're having some problems. You're in a funk. You can't turn to your pitching coach for help, like every other pitcher. You're alone. And even if you have a coach, it's just really hard. All-star pitcher Oral Hershiser said of the knuckleball, quote, It's a very hard pitch to learn. I could take 10 of the very best athletes in the world and say, I'll put you with the knuckleball experts from the past. I would say, out of those 10 athletes, I'm not sure you'd even get one. And those would be world-class athletes. End quote. Here's a good example. Phil Necro's nephew, who reached the major leagues as a first baseman, tried to reinvent himself as a knuckleball pitcher. And he had Necro, perhaps the best knuckleball pitcher who ever lived, to teach him. But this nephew, who was good enough to make it to the major leagues, still could not master the knuckleball. So the knuckleball is very, very difficult to learn. But it is still an option for players who have no other option. Men who can't throw 100 miles an hour, or players who aren't even men. There's nothing stopping women from learning and mastering the knuckleball. Nothing but precedent. With all of these deterrents for learning and throwing the knuckleball, journalist Bill Shakin has an argument for why the knuckleball might come back. Today, major league hitters have no problem hitting 100 mile per hour fastballs. According to Farhan Saidi, president of baseball operations for the San Francisco Giants, it's alarmingly easy. It's all about timing, and if everyone is throwing the ball fast, you don't have to adjust your timing. So considering how everyone has adapted to these high speeds, 
it might be a good idea to throw hitters off the rhythm. As speeds increase and hitters adapt, the knuckleball pitcher could be the secret weapon everyone is looking for. In 2012, R.A. Dickey became the first major league pitcher to reach 10 wins that year. He struck out 10 or more batters in back-to-back -back games. He pitched back-to-back one-hitters, the first pitcher to do so in 24 years. He finished the season with the second-most strikeouts in the league, the second-most complete games, second-most innings pitched, second-most wins, fourth-best earned run average, and he won the Cy Young Award, all while throwing the knuckleball. After Dickey's fantastic season, the Baltimore Orioles hired Phil Necro to convert three of their minor league prospects into knuckleball pitchers. But like Necro's nephew, the prospects were unsuccessful. Eleven years later, there are no full-time knuckleball pitchers in the major leagues. But the evidence is in, a century's worth of evidence. Jim Bouton said, to be a good knuckleball pitcher, you need, quote, the fingers of a safecracker, and the mind of a Zen Buddhist, end quote. That is to say, it's hard, very hard, but not impossible. This tool for disruption, for leveling the playing field, is sitting in the tool shed, ready to be used. Who will open the door and claim it as their own? Let's end with a quote from R.A. Dickey that really sums up the knuckleball and its relationship to baseball. Quote, Knuckleballers don't keep secrets. It's as if we have a greater mission beyond our own fortunes, and that mission is to pass it on, to keep the pitch alive. Maybe that's because we are so different, and the pitch is so different, but I think it has more to do with the fact that this is a pitch that almost all of us turn to in desperation. It is what enables us to keep pitching and stay in the big leagues when everything else has failed. So we feel gratitude toward the pitch. It becomes way more than just a means to get an out. It becomes a way of life. End quote. That's our show. Our music, A Long Way, is by Sergi Pavkin from Pixabay. Good night.